It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. Well, good morning, and it is time for Faith and Life to connect here on Shine FM and on the podcast network at shinefmohio.com. I am Scott. He is Tom, and this is The Session. Yes. Uh, it is that time, the time when parents are thrilled and kids are crying. <laughs> it's back to school time. Well, yeah, mom is going to get a break. <laughs> Finally. Maybe, we think, we, <laughs> we hope. hope. Yeah. So we're going to talk about sleep schedules today and how to get your kids on schedule and in tune and ready to go for the new school year. Before we do that, though, let's dive into our scripture, Tom. We're going into the book of Psalms. Yes, that's right. So out of Psalm 4.8, in peace I will lie down and sleep for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. You know, Scott, when I think about it, in peace I will lie down and sleep. It's in peace. Our minds are at peace. That's really vital for us to be able to sleep. If your mind is going through a lot of different things and you're trying to sleep, you're also producing emotions and and energy like anxiety that will help keep you awake. So the Bible is the best mental health book available. I, amen. 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 We, great show, said, Scott. We have, yeah, great. Well, with that, we'll leave you for the day. All right. So we're talking about the importance of sleep, and, and the information we're going to share with you today is from RaisingChildren.net. And there are some key points that we want to start with here, Tom, before we get into some more, into some of the deeper weeds by, by child's age. Well, Scott, let's start to dig into some of the key points. Sleep is important for growth. It's amazing that our bodies are restoring and growing while we're sleeping. Our immunity, our defense systems get rebuilt when that's the case. Do children all need the same amount of sleep regardless of age? Well, no. And in fact, when we look at babies, children, and teenagers need different amounts of sleep, again, because their bodies are growing. But what's also important is learning and memory is so much better given enough sleep, regardless if you're a newborn or children or teenager, your memory is going to be better. Well, stop and think about these teenagers and these these, um, middle school students who are up to wee hours of the morning playing some kind of video game, and then they get to class the next day, and they're not performing, A, because they're half asleep, and B, they're not having the ability to function on a level that could be academically successful. Right. So. And thus the importance of the sleep. Now, do they all have the same sleep patterns as they go through their age growing up? They actually change. When we look at sleep patterns for babies and children, they change as they get older. Even into adulthood, our sleep patterns are different than what they were earlier. I know. 
You might want to try some sleep sometime. Well, you know, it's been kind of... I, I can give you a little peek behind the microphone. Oh, cool. I have actually slept better since uh, the station was sold from WVMC to Shine FM. Really? And part of that's because my responsibilities changed. Okay. I no longer had responsibility for the whole thing. Wow. I yeah. now only have specific responsibilities, and I now report to people. Right. That's been the, the biggest adjustment for me is actually having bosses again. Oh, I've yeah. been the boss for 20 years. Oh, my gosh. Well, now all of a sudden, I've got three different bosses to report to yeah. between radio and what I do in the media production department at school. And if you include Sherry, then you've got... Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, if you want to go that far, I have six. That gives me daughter, granddaughter, and wife. <laughs> <laughs> so you're always going to have a boss, oh, Scott. That yes. should be securing. I might as well learn the secret handshake and the salute because I'm going to need it. So... But that does lead to yeah. another thought, too, because we all have different cycles of sleep that we go through through the night, and they change with age, don't they? That, once again, that's true. If we begin to look at some of those stages, Scott, as an example, the amount of sleep, a newborn, 14 to 17 hours out of every 24, a newborn is going to be asleep. Well, that's kind of nice. And the rest of the time, they are screaming their lungs out. Yeah, they're making up for it. And then the, the other seven hours, they're definitely helping you out. They are announcing their presence. He's definitely. So then how about babies three to six months, as an example? They develop night and day sleep patterns. And they tend to start sleeping more during the night. That's a blessing. Oh, boy, yeah. Were any of your kids, did they have that backwards early on? Where they slept more during the day. Yeah, stayed they up stayed up all night and slept all day. I'm thinking about our, the two oldest, and, and they they really they had it pretty good. But they wanted their they wanted to eat a bottle in the middle of the night. Yeah. Well, I did my part of it. I went in and got the the baby and brought the baby to Kathy and and she fed him. And I think at, at times when it was a bottle, you know, I would warm it up and I wanted to do my part and and, and help her. And then, you know, she just, God designed inside of our wives a built-in relationship manual, according to Gary Smalley. And you can see it. They just have a natural instinct and a natural ability to know what to do. Yeah. Now, my daughter, she had her days and nights backwards. Oh, she did? Yeah. She came home from the hospital, slept all day, up all night. There we go. And it drove us nuts. I bet. Fortunately, my mother-in-law was there. Uh huh. And she said, no, you two go to bed. You have to go to work tomorrow. Go to bed. I will take care of this. Wow. And she did. She broke Aaron of having her days and nights backwards. And ever since then, it was always she and grandma had a special relationship. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's something that, and it started back there from day one. Did, did, did grandma ever tell you what she gave? Boy, I know. Uh, well. She never told us the secret. <laughs> That might be some some really great news. You know, I noticed something else too, Tom. As I look at this, it seems like as we progress through these things through our through our lives, we start out with all these fourteen to seventeen hours and multiple naps, and then we less and less and less. But then as we get older, we kind of revert back That's to needing right. more and more. Yeah, and it's like back to our childhood almost again. Yeah, too. I, I wish we could get more sleep and. I'm finding I don't wind, start winding down until 11 now because if I, on the nights that I work, or days that I work, I get home from the office at 8, I might have 10 or 12 messages to return. Facebook notifications are 35 or so. Wow. And so by the time I get that all done, that doesn't include dinner, my exercises. And, oh, what about 
Oh, I know. Relaxing. What is that? How do you do that? <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> yeah. All right. Babies six to 12 months old. How does that change for them? Well, they go to bed between six and 10. They take less than 40 minutes to go to sleep. Now, I'm sure there's some parents who would have some. <laughs> yeah, 40 minutes in, in what, what time frame? <laughs> True. But there are some tricks you want to put in your bag of tricks to help your children go to sleep. I believe we probably wore out a few fans and a few sweepers. Really? Hair dryers. That constant buzzing sound of them, we got them conditioned to hear that. And they'd go to sleep. Well, I'll be darned. It was, it was really interesting. The problem with that was we were replacing some fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, it's a lot easier to replace a fan than it is to sit up with a crying child all yeah, night. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. Well, and there was probably a few times I distinctly remember loading up one of the children in their car seat in the car at night and driving until they fell asleep. Or the old put them in the car seat on the dryer. Oh. And run the dryer, and the vibration does the same thing. There you go. I've not heard that, but that, that's really good. You want to make sure that dryer is level. It <laughs> you want to make sure it's stable, <laughs> or you're going to have a bigger problem when yeah. the car seat comes off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, let's go to toddlers, Tom. Let's take a look at these active little buggers. <laughs> active is very true, Scott. So we're, we're talking, Scott, they're going to sleep 11 to 14 hours out of every 24 which is good. And that doesn't necessarily mean all at once. That's going to mean probably a nap in the afternoon or something like that. Yeah, they, they may have a two-hour nap. So 10 to 12 hours at night and at least a two-hour nap, which that's also a time for mom or dad to get some rest if they can. That's, see, that's what I think God made us that way. He, he made these children to do that so that we could get a chance to rest with them. That's true. And I think there's also it shows how wise our God is that he knew to give us children when we were young and had enough energy. <laughs> At this age, oh my gosh. Except for, can you imagine Abraham and Sarah? Oh my. The, yeah. I would not want to do that. There might have been a generation gap there for them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on the session, we are talking about sleep schedules for your kids. And especially as we're getting ready for school to start again, this can be uh, a bit of an adjustment for kids to make as they've gone from Wah! half the night to yeah. it's 8 o'clock. What do you mean I have to go to bed? I don't yeah. want to go to bed. I want to go play. Right. All right. So we're moving on to preschoolers now and the three to five-year-olds. Oh, boy. And, and as we head into the three to five-year-olds, one of the things that I would encourage is that we have a transitional period. The wise parent will begin to transition them into a changing of schedule rather than all of a sudden, yeah, tomorrow's a school day, you're going to get up, and, you know, the sudden shock of that. I don't think we would like that sudden shock. <laughs> See, my mom never changed our schedule. Okay. Even in the summer. I can remember so many summer nights I was so mad at her uh -huh. because I'm going to bed. The sun is still up. Yeah. And I can hear my friends playing out the street. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean I have to go to bed? That's right. Uh -huh. I'll fix you. I'm going to get up at 7 and turn on the cartoons. Loud. I'll oh. fix you. <laughs> but at the same time, now here I am at just over 60 years old. Uh-huh. I've spent all summer going to sleep and the sun is still up. Oh, yes. And, <laughs> and you I'm like going him. to bed. Yeah, uh -huh. It's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. My mom tried that with us. <laughs> and, and somehow we, I think we out persevered her there <laughs> she wanted our schedules to start early on a summer morning i remember she went through this spell of 
Well, before I could go out and play early in the morning, I had to practice the piano. Well, that really helped my desire to want to play the piano. I want to tell you, I haven't played it since. And that's probably, thankfully, for Kathy and others who understand how to play. Kathy is a really decent piano player and sometimes plays for our church. And that didn't work, and I think she finally gave up. Now, napping when you're dealing with preschoolers and kindergartners and that kind of thing, that making sure they understand the nap schedule can be very important because they. I can remember taking naps in kindergarten. You can. Yeah. We'd had a nap mat. We were expected to bring a little mat, and we took our naps. I can remember napping in college. It was usually during geography class. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, well, and it is. The schedule becomes really important. As we begin to look at some of the tips coming up, that's one. You want them to be on a schedule. Yeah. All right, so let's jump into these school-age kids, 5 to 11 years old. Now what are we talking about? Okay, now we're looking at 9 to 11 hours uh, could be sleepy on a school night at 7.30. That's amazing because we've got to remember, and particularly when we look at the difference between boys and girls, physically they develop differently. When your body is growing and developing, two or three important things happen. Number one, you are going to need more sleep. Right. Number two, you're going to eat mom and dad out of house and home. <laughs> And number three, you're going to be mom and dad are going to be buying you more Nikes because you're going to be outgrowing your shoes at yes. a rapid pace. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's why my mom always bought the shoes at the discount store. You know, Nikes back then we thought were expensive. Oh um, my heavens! Yeah, now I cannot fathom paying two hundred dollars for a pair of shoes my kids can outgrow in six months. Yeah, I just don't see it. There ought to be some kind of trade or, or a swap thing that could happen there. Secondhand sports. There we go. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, the secondhand shops are key for that. So let, as we're looking at these school-age kids, Tom, there's something I've wondered. How early do you get them up? Let's say the kid's got to be ready for the bus at 730. Right. How early should you get them up to have them ready by then? I think that's a relative subject again. It's it's going to be different for each child, particularly as they get closer to 11 years old or even in the teen life. Well, one of the most important things I think in parenting that we do is we teach our children to be owning their own lives and responsible, and reality teaches them. So if they think they can stay up till 10 o'clock but they can't get up in time for the bus, then they have to go to bed earlier and now mom and dad step in. But if they manage it, and they're, they're performing, they may not need as much sleep. So we may end up putting them in a situation where they have a body clock like we all do, and that may say, well, you know what, I've, I've had enough sleep. I don't think that everybody's going to need the same. There's an important thought here, Scott. We want them to manage it. If they can do it, they're not sleeping through class, their grades are good, they might get by on seven hours where other children might need nine, but they have to perform. If the performance is there, it's fine. Otherwise, we begin to back up. Then you have to go back to managing them until they can manage themselves again. That's right. And then okay. they get ownership again. All right. Let's take a look at teenagers here. Oh, I would oh, wait for boy. them. Eight yeah. to ten hours a night of sleep. And my <sighs> gosh, I think this is probably when the sleep rhythms... And all right. that may change the most. Well, and that's true. Some of the, if you ask the, the teenagers who don't own it, their eight hours starts about 2 a.m. Right. To about 10. And, you know, high school's had two or three classes by then. 
that doesn't work. So changes to their internal body clock or their circadian rhythm during adolescence means it's un, it's normal for teenagers to want to go to bed later at night, often around 11 or later, then get up later in the morning. Well, that's that explains what I hear from my students a lot, is I would hear, oh, yeah, it was 1 o'clock, I just was finishing a video game, or I did my homework at 11. Yeah. Well, what happened first and second period? Oh, I napped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay, something's wrong there. <laughs> right. Well, and that's, that's a, a really important thing, that that's not owning it and in, in performing on a level that's going to be successful. That's where we have to step in. And reality therapy, we gave you a chance. This is what you did with it. Now, mom and I or dad and I are now going to have control of it until you perform. Mm-hmm. And then we'll slowly give it back to you. I think it's critical. We want them to own it. And so it also suggests some families require cell phones to be turned in after a certain time, like 10 p.m. If they don't have their cell phone, the likelihood is that they're going to sleep more drastically goes up. And I would assume that would be because they then aren't tempted to get on social media or play games or get online, and you take away that whole temptation, now their body can relax. And that's so true, because I am very worried slash concerned, curious about what happens from 10 o'clock on in social media in the teen culture. I think parents at times scratch their head going, how did our child know that? Where did they pick that up? How did they learn that? About two o'clock that morning. Yeah, yeah, on some social media site or some other website that they, on the internet somewhere. We're sawing logs and and they're up, you know, socializing at 2 Mm a.m. So I think there's really hats off to those who say cell phones get turned in at a certain time. It could be 11 o'clock, it could be 10, depending on their age and their need for sleep. And don't be afraid to check their phones. Yes, don't yeah. be afraid to check them for activity because they may give it to you at 10 o'clock, but they may get up at 2 and go get it. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And, you know, that's something something to watch out for. So over 90% of adolescent children don't get the recommended amount of sleep on school nights. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's <clears throat> significant. Quality sleep is important during this period because sleep is vital to thinking, learning, and concentration skills. If the brain is a muscle and we don't give it rest, it's not going to perform any better than any other muscle that we've worn out and expect it to perform. So lack of sleep in these years has also been linked to mental health conditions like depression and anxiety. And we think about what's happened to our kids during COVID. Mm -hmm. Depression and anxiety are going up. Could this be a contributing factor? Well, it's very likely that it could because they're not sleeping as well there. I think depression is a bigger picture than just sleep, but it certainly includes sleep. If they're not sleeping, the potential for depression and or anxiety goes up. Um, There's a, a negative correlation between both. Let's take depression. The more the lack of sleep, the higher potential for depression. The same is true for anxiety. The lower the level of number amount of sleep, the higher probability of anxiety. When we look at depression as an example, it's been my experience that what I've seen clinically and as well as sometimes when I've had some depressing 
seasons that I went through, I, I want to say they were somewhat mild, I began to see this difference. When we're feeling that kind of hopeless feeling, you want to check and see, how'd you sleep last night? Well, if you slept really good, then the likelihood is something is bothering you that, that could be depressing. In the COVID situation, the lack of control with COVID, the lack of being able to have your regular routine and going out and socializing and you know whatever that was that you were doing can be depressing. Then on the other hand, if I'm feeling kind of lethargic during the day, but I've had a, a horrible night sleeping, there's a likelihood that it's they mask each other, they're very similar. We wanna be able to put our finger on what it is and then appropriately move toward helping it. And that's where talking with a Christian counselor could come in down the line. If you're not getting enough sleep and you're seeing these kind of things going on in your kids, maybe you're starting to realize they just need some help maybe working through some issues to help them relax enough to get to sleep. That's true. And we're going to talk some more about sleep next week and kind of address the issue of insomnia itself. But, um, Tom, how can they get a hold of you to start a conversation? Well, Scott, I can be reached at Heritage Christian Counseling ministries.com and uh, remember too if you came in in the middle you can catch up on this entire episode on the podcast network at shinefmohio.com <laughs> <laughs>